It's hard to believe, but semester four is coming to a close. I can't believe it. This was a huge semester for Dope Labs. Mm-hmm. We went from bi-weekly to weekly episodes, and we have covered so much. So for our last two labs of the semester, we decided that we were going to get back in touch with a few of our favorite guest experts to hear updates from their fields. Think of this as like semester four's greatest hits. You know, like when Diddy did Diddy and the Bad Boy Family (laughs) and all of them came together and made that dope album? Yeah, like that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Welcome to Dope Labs, a weekly podcast that mixes hardcore science, pop culture, and a healthy dose of friendship. Okay, let's get into it. We're going all the way back to our first lab of the semester now. Mm, it's a long time ago. The number was Lab 37 then, and now we're all the way at Lab 83. Yes, I remember all the way back to Lab 37. and It was so exciting because it was our first lab back for the semester, and it was all about science denial, and we were in the throes of the pandemic seeing a lot of stuff online that just was not true about the virus, about the vaccine. And so we had a lot of questions about why people were falling for what we felt like was the okie doke. And so I'm really excited to hear an update from our guests and see what they've been up to since Lab 37. I'm Gail Sinatra, the co-author of Science Denial, Why It Happens and What to Do About It. I'm Barbara Hofer, co-author of Science Denial. In the year since our book was published and we appeared on Dope Labs, science denial has not waned. What remains deeply disconcerting to us is the number of individuals who rely on the opinions of others rather than scientific knowledge and expertise to make uninformed decisions that can have deadly consequences. You know, when we think about evaluation of science, you think about thoughtful, deliberative approaches to examining evidence and assessing expertise when somebody is giving you information. Mm-hmm. But what we know is the way we get information and sometimes information and reasoning about science is done through crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. And it's based on how you feel about the person giving you the information. So if they are your friends on Facebook, or if it's the beliefs of a social group you're in, or however you choose to identify, whatever they're believing, you're likely to believe. Doctors Hofer and Sinatra also have a few reminders about what you can do to address science denial. First, vote for those who support science and who base related policy decisions on scientific evidence. 
We will not effectively address climate change or the pandemic without leadership that values science. Second, enhance your own digital literacy and make sure you're not complicit in sharing misinformation. Third, practice listening and communication skills and take the risk to talk with those who have differing views. This may be especially helpful with the holidays coming up. You know, we just touched on misinformation in our last lab on social media with Dr. Jeff Hancock. Mm -hmm. The problem is not going away. It's only growing. Mm -hmm. And this also feels related to Lab 75 with David McRaney, Can You Change Someone's Mind? Mm -hmm. In that lab, we kind of explored the group identity, the us Mm -hmm. versus them, and how being in a group makes us hold on to certain beliefs, even if they don't hold up compared to the science. Just listen to the disparities that Dr. Hofer mentions. A July 2022 national survey showed that 29% of Republicans did not plan on getting vaccinated more than a year after vaccinations became widely available and free to the U.S. public, compared to 9% of Democrats. This disparity has become a significant public health challenge. So thinking back to what we learned in Lab 75, right? you start to see these disparities based on whatever your social group, in this case political party, chooses to believe or chooses to follow. So if you have a group who says no to vaccines, what does the science tell us about vaccines? That it protects you from death, from Mm -hmm. infectious diseases and stuff. And so if your group is saying no to vaccines, then you start to see these differences in morbidity, in death rate. Right. And that's exactly what we saw with COVID. So really what we're seeing are trends. It's not that, oh, if you are a Republican, you are biologically predisposed to rejecting a vaccine. We're seeing that, which is something that we've also talked about in other episodes, is that your social bubble is usually a reflection of who you are. So it's usually people who are typically the same religion, same socioeconomic status, same political views. And so these are trends that are happening within social circles. You tend to do what people from your social circle are doing rather than thinking individually. Because we all feel a little bit more comfortable when we are doing something that is of what we feel like our culture. So what culturally fits for us. Yes. And it's wild that we're still talking about this because Lab 37 was a long time ago. And since that episode aired, there have been boosters that come out to address the new emerging variants of COVID. And What the studies are saying is that if 80% of Americans eligible for the latest COVID-19 booster get vaccinated by year's end, so the end of 2022, it could save about 90,000 lives and more than 936,000 hospitalizations. And listen, if you take all of this information into account, you say, oh, I know how upset we all were and how terrible we felt about being at home. Mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is that only 36 percent of adults older than 50 have gotten their boosters. Mm-hmm. And that makes it really tricky when we consider the potential winter surge with the flu and mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, that's a tough mix. Right. Joe Biden says the pandemic is over. <laughs> I don't know if the CDC agrees. Joe Biden had to come back and clarify his remarks. And that should show you, even the president can get it wrong, Mm -hmm. right? It's easy to speak casually about what's happening for you now or how it feels. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't want to look at those cold, hard facts in the mirror, you know? It's not specific to the pandemic either. I know you call me out all the time when my... No, don't do this. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. When I'm misinformed. (laughs) Today I said I had stopped... interrupting people Mm. and tt said oh wow i said i had stopped but i'm back and tt you just said oh wow i didn't realize you were gone and i was like well i wasn't but 
did I want to hear that? No. Was I spreading misinformation? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're all trying our best. We're trying our best. <laughs> but it's true. Misinformation is not just limited to the pandemic. It also is still affecting the public's attitudes towards everything from elections to climate change. Yes. So go back and listen to our first episode from this season, Lab 37, to find out more about the psychological reasons for science doubt, resistance, and denial, and for more ideas about what you can do to promote scientific thinking in general. Okay, so now we're jumping ahead just a couple weeks to Lab 39, and that was called Add to Cart, where we talked to guest expert and author of Arriving Today from Factory to Front Door, Christopher Mims. I've been wanting to hear from Christopher Mims because I've been seeing all kinds of stuff. I was in Paris. There was a mustard shortage, particularly Dijon mustard. Okay. (laughs) I saw that there was a tampon shortage for a Uh minute. There's also a formula shortage. Milk for the babies. We need that. We just keep seeing things missing. But then also when I go to the stores, the Christmas stuff is out with the Halloween stuff. Exactly. And I'm still waiting on those curtains. (laughs) that I had ordered way back at Lab 39. Hello, hello. This is Christopher Mims checking back in from the shipping episode. Just a quick update. Since we last talked, so much material has flowed through the world's supply chains that there is now an oversupply at stores. So you can look for discounts at your nearest big box store. And of course, at online retailers. When I saw this was happening, I immediately said, oh, Baby, the sales are going to be on and popping. I thought the same thing, too. But, you know, with every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And that (laughs) applies in this case, too. You know, retailers like Target and Walmart, they're having really big sales before the holiday season just to get rid of some of this oversupply that Christopher's talking about. However, this is not universally good news for the people who work in those supply chains because... As the price for shipping over the ocean and trucking on our highways has crashed, inevitably that means layoffs and the collapse of small trucking companies. So as ever, this is a very cyclical industry. And what happens is that there's a contraction, people get laid off, and then that kind of sets us up for the next supply chain snafu because there are not enough people and not enough capacity in that pipeline for the next time that we have a pandemic or some other issue. And this may be contributing to ongoing inflation, which of course we're all feeling in our pocketbooks these days. Yes, inflation is real. Mm -hmm. People are also doing their holiday shopping earlier to avoid the potential rising prices due to inflation. Mm -hmm. And if you're still wondering what inflation is, go back to Lab 79, which we did with Dr. Vanessa Perry. That's about the current U.S. economy. And it talks about recessions, inflation, and interest rates. Thank you for the opportunity to check in with you. And as ever, this will be an ongoing story. We can't forget where everything that we buy and everything that we rely on actually comes from. I know we've been talking about winter holidays, you know, and inflation, recession, and all these things like that. But last time I checked, the CVS, the Target, they have put out the Halloween candy. And so that made us think about our episode with Dr. Marcus Johnson when we talked about teeth. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Dr. Marcus Johnson, dental specialist. Just want to give a big shout out to the Dope Labs team 
thanks for bringing me back on just to give you guys a few tips for a safe and healthy Halloween. For one, if you have little kids, make sure that they're brushing and flossing every night. We don't want those sugar bugs to get in there and cause any cavities. And speaking of cavities, a great way to keep those out, we already know, what an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure so go to your local dentist make sure that you ask for sealants they're good for kids and for adults what's happening what's going on what's new in dentistry we have the greater new york dental meeting that's going to be happening november 25th through november 30th at the jacob javits center all guests are welcome registration is free you can go there walk around find out about new advancements new products and new technology within dentistry Tons of free giveaway, and you're gonna learn a lot as well. So hey, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and go easy on the sweets. Take care. Some candy is worse for your teeth than others. I think that's really important to know. Now, you might not want to hear this, but chocolate does the least amount of damage. I'm not really a chocolate lover, but it does the least amount of damage because it melts away really fast. And it's the sticky stuff and the sour stuff that tends to stick on your tooth enamel and do more damage. Mm. And so that's also why I'd like to come out that even though I am on Team Dope Labs and we've previously voted on this, I still think candy corn is trash. Trash and dangerous to the teeth. (laughs) Now she's just grasping at straws, y'all. Just trying to (laughs) come up with reasons for people to stop eating candy corn. No, no, no. I will not be tricked. Candy corn (laughs) is a delicious treat. I will brush my teeth afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you will, because what I didn't realize is that November 1st, right after Halloween, is actually National Brush Day. So go ahead and get your candy corn binge in, but just make sure you're hitting those back molars and you're hitting them right. I hope everybody's brushing their teeth every day. National Brush Day. Every day is National Brush Day in this house. But I understand the celebration. (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. You see what I have to put up with, (laughs) y'all? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from more of our favorite guests and some listeners, too. Hey, TT. Hey, Zakia. It is me, a long-time listener, Kat. I just want to say thanks for all you do. I really enjoyed the Mind the Gap episode. It just really spoke to me as a librarian. And everything we see out here and how we aren't really all on the same page digitally. So thank you guys so much for covering all you do. And take care, guys. That was longtime listener, Kat. And let me tell you, I follow Kat on social media. I think we both do follow Kat on social mm-hmm. media. And so we are always on top of when she's going to different like Comic-Con events. And yes. she does cosplay. So much fun. I love watching her put her outfits together and getting all the pieces and making sure everything's yes. just right. I'm like, yes, Kat, you nailed that one. And she also listens to Dope Labs when she goes for runs. So she runs long distance and she <laughs> puts us in her ears <laughs> to, to push her through her run. Maybe it's like torture. It's like, ah, let me hurry up and finish. <laughs> Kat brought up the Mind the Gap episode that was really exploring the differences in internet access in urban and rural areas mm-hmm. and even access to devices and being able to keep up with this continuously growing digital age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that reminds me of another episode that was 
definitely a fave for us that touched on cybersecurity with Christina Marillo. Yes, and this is such a great topic to bring up because the new UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss, her mobile phone was just hacked. And in situations like these, what's at stake for consumers and citizens when those in charge of their government get hacked? That's a great question because the fact of the matter is that anyone can be hacked, right? However, the good news is that we are all empowered to protect ourselves and each other or our data and our friends and family's data. So just because someone from the government is hacked, obviously their threat model is a little bit different. They're in the public eye. So there are different precautions and just, you know, steps that they have to take to make sure that their technology is secure at all times, right? It's not a one and done thing. Well, as consumers, we don't have to rely on like a tech department to do that. We can actually do that ourselves. Okay, I don't have a whole team, but I do feel like the prime minister of my house. So... Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. What do I need to do? The first thing that we can do is educate ourselves and understand what are the things that are at risk, right? So that could be your bank account information, your login, your passwords, basically access to your crown jewels, right? There's so much information out there on how to take steps to protect your online accounts, your digital identity. And I feel like some of the things that Christina told us in our previous episode, right, I tried to implement. Yes. You know, I'm not connecting to every old random (laughs) Wi-Fi. I stopped doing that. What about those late night poker games and things like that? I'm not doing that. (laughs) I really, I don't remember putting that in the episode, but now I feel like you're telling my business. Ah! I'm not playing blackjack anymore (laughs) online. And yeah, I'm not doing that. So that's over. That's good. I think for me, you told me about DuckDuckGo, which... Listen, I have seen commercials, I've seen ads, and it just goes in one ear and out the other. I never registered what DuckDuckGo was. But now I'm like, okay, well, that's the place to do all of your searching because it's really protected. Mm -hmm. I feel like they should have came with a better name. Like, Yeah, what was DuckDuckGo? What are we doing here? How is anybody supposed (laughs) to know what that is? (sighs) But, yes, so DuckDuckGo is definitely something that I have implemented into my life to keep my thing's a little bit more secure. And my favorite thing about DuckDuckGo is that they give a rating to the website so Uh you can see the websites that are tracking you the most. And I'd just like to point out, we're not sponsored by them. We just like it. (laughs) 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 Somebody asked me, were we sponsored by Yiddy from our previous episode on Shapewear? (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) And at the end of the episode, it goes, this episode was brought to you by Yiddy and (laughs) DuckDuckGo. Well, I'm glad to know that it's not just me and it's not just you taking cybersecurity serious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now the United States government is finally showing up to the party, too. The State Department just opened the Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy in April. And so we got our country's first cyber ambassador in September. That makes me feel good. I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, I want to be really, really clear. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like it's only going to become more and more important as people start talking about moving to the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And I just saw some people having a conversation in the metaverse and having like digital avatars of their entire selves. I was like, that is so cool. But how do you keep somebody from hacking a whole you? Now, we talked about cyberspace, but we also turned our eye to just 
regular old scary space. (laughs) (laughs) Everything out there. And we had a really great episode with Dr. Jordan Bim. Hi, Dr. Shodia and Dr. Watley. This is Jordan Bim. Congratulations on your semester finale. I recently started teaching my course, Explorations of Mars, again here at the University of Chicago to a mix of space sciences and humanity students. Together, we explore humanity's long-standing fascination with the red planet in history, science, and culture. This week in class, I told my students to tune in and watch SpaceX's launch of the Crew-5 mission to the ISS. More than just another human commercial spaceflight launch, Crew-5 is the first commercial spaceflight commanded by a woman, NASA astronaut Nicole Mann. And Nicole Mann, who is a member of the Wailaki tribe, is also the first indigenous woman in space. So some really important history in diversifying our human presence in space has just taken place. Wishing you both and the entire Dope Labs team all the best. This was so cool. Nicole Mann is mission commander, and she will be on the ISS for the next five months. Five months is a long time. I can't even imagine what we're going to be talking about in five months. Things change so fast. I mean, just even thinking about this semester (laughs) and what has happened over the last year. When we're talking about Lab 37, I'm like, wow. Yeah. It feels like way more than a year ago. It feels like 10 years ago. It feels like a couple months ago, the most important thing on my radar, Mm -hmm. second to COVID, was monkeypox. Yes. And now it feels like no one is talking about it. So we were really excited to talk to Kenyon Farrow again, who was one of our experts on our monkeypox episode. Thank you for the invitation to just give you a little bit of an update about what's been happening in terms of the monkeypox outbreak in the United States. The good news is that we've seen really incredible declines in uh, monkeypox infections around the country. So this is really good news on the monkeypox front, as Kenyon just mentioned. And an Axios report said that in Washington, D.C., there's been a 70 percent drop in cases within the past month. Similarly, the Department of Public Health in Georgia also said that there was a decrease in new monkeypox cases. So it feels like maybe we're turning this thing around. But that doesn't mean that we're necessarily out of the woods because we still have a large proportion of the population who may be at risk for monkeypox who have yet to be vaccinated. So what Kenyon says that we need is resources and research to help get us out of this potential crisis. One of the things that Kenyon says that we need is for Congress to fund monkeypox treatment, vaccine access, and research. And that includes also funding more of the COVID response, which could potentially help us with sort of vaccine distribution for both COVID and for monkeypox. So Preferall is requesting that Congress authorize $26.9 billion as requested by the White House, which includes $4.6 billion for the U.S. global response and $9.5 billion for research and development for medical tools to treat and prevent both of these diseases. Kenyon says the second thing that we should be asking for is a very specific research agenda. He looks to the CDC and the National Institutes of Health, particularly the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, to answer questions about monkeypox that are still urgent and kind of unknown. Like how long and how well do the vaccines work? And pre or post exposure, what is the best way to use treatments to prevent infection? 
And we also need to know if and where an animal reservoir monkeypox is established as a result of the current outbreak. So those are some of the things that we're requesting from Congress, both in terms of funding and a research agenda, to make sure that we are, in fact, able to end the outbreak of monkeypox and won't see another spike in the country anytime soon. Understanding that there's still so much work to do, even with things trending up, it reminds me of what Kenyon said in his episode before when we were talking about monkeypox. Mm -hmm. And that is that infectious disease tends to follow lines of structural oppression. And that's what we've seen with monkeypox. It's what we saw with COVID. It's what we've seen with HIV. I mean, we just keep seeing it with the science all around. We see it with sleep disparities. Yes, in the sleep episode, Dr. Jean-Louis was talking about how sleep disparities, you could see it by zip code. People who live in a certain zip code, they have these different experiences from others. So when we think about that, it's really important that, you know, resources are funneled to the right places. So the CDC is doing just that and setting aside 50,000 doses of Geniospax for Black and Hispanic men who account for the majority of monkeypox cases, but who may have faced barriers accessing the vaccine. This was a really good update. I so appreciated hearing from some of our guests from this season. Mm-hmm. TT, this semester had a lot of episodes. Yes. Going from bi-weekly to weekly, we had the labs come in rapid fire. So we couldn't just fit everything into one finale. We had to have two finales. So make sure that you tune in next week where we're giving more updates on some of our favorite labs from this season and hearing some more feedback from all of you. That's it for Lab 83. What other episodes do you have questions about? And I want to know what was your favorite episode. Send us a note on Instagram or text us or call us at 202-567-7028 and tell us what you thought. We really like hearing from you. So don't forget, text or call 202-567-7028. And don't forget, there's so much more for you to dig into on our website. There'll be a cheat sheet for today's lab and additional links and resources in the show notes. Plus, you can sign up for our newsletter. Check it out at dopelabspodcast.com. Special thanks to today's guest experts, Dr. Barbara Hofer, Dr. Gail Sinatra, Christina Marillo, Christopher Mims, Dr. Marcus Johnson, Kenyon Farrow, and Dr. Jordan Bim. You can hear them all on past episodes of Dope Labs this semester, and we'll have links to their labs in the show notes. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dope Labs Podcast. TT is on Twitter and Instagram at dr underscore t-s-h-o. And you can find Zakia at Z said so. Dope Labs is a Spotify original production from Mega Ohm Media Group. Our producers are Jenny Radlett-Mast and Lydia Smith of Wave Runner Studios. Our associate producer is Caro Rolando. Editing and sound design by Rob Smirziak, with additional mixing and sound design by Hannes Brown. Original music composed and produced by Taka Yasuzawa and Alex Sugiura. From Spotify, creative producer Miguel Contreras. Special thanks to Shirley Ramos, Jess Borison, Till Kratke, and Brian Marquis. Executive producers from Mega Media Group are us. Titi Shodia and Zakia Watley. <laughs>